Welcome everybody to this edition of the Tennis Unleashed podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frosto. And today we're gonna cover the return of Andy Murray and his desire and his want to get back to the top of the ATP tour. And we're gonna talk about if that's possible and if he can do that at his age after having that metal hip replacement surgery. So if we look at Murray's past, right? Number one player in the world, multiple Grand Slam titles, a fierce competitor, a very defensive player who basically would battle you to the death, wasn't afraid of long rallies, had a tremendous backhand, and could have a pretty strong serve at times. The question with Murray is, can he get back to the top and what could be preventing him besides the metal hip? Well, I think Murray's more than intelligent enough to know that the game has gotten a lot more aggressive since he was the top dog on the tour, right? So players play with much bigger serves and forehand combinations than they did five years ago when Andy was at the top of the game. But we got a glimpse of Murray's ability to compete with the best players in the world when we watched him play here in the first and second rounds of the U.S. Open, taking Stefano Tsitsipas in the second round of the 2021 U.S. Open to five sets and playing him very, very close. In fact, in the second set, Murray lost the second set but had opportunities to win that second set because he had some set points. He then went on to win the third set so if Murray could have converted one of those set points in the second set, he could have very well won this match in straight sets against the number three player in the world, who's a young gun and a very strong player, right? But he was unable to do that. He just could not convert in those situations. And Poss played some very good points there. But Murray showed that even with that hip and the situation that he's facing physically, He's still able to compete at the top level of the game, so it's really encouraging. Also, the week before in Winston-Salem, he cruised through his first round match and then had a really tough battle with Francis TFO in the second round, and he had chances to break TFO in the first set and then ended up losing that match in straight sets. But Murray looked really, really good in Winston-Salem. So when I saw that match against TFO in the second round there, I said, you know what? He's playing really well. He's hitting the ball really well. He's serving really big. He's being more aggressive than he was when he was the number one player in the world, but still has some of those defensive capabilities. This guy looks pretty good right now, and he could make a decent run at the U.S. Open, and he almost did, right? If he gets by Sitsipas, he has a third-round match then with Alcaraz, who's a young up-and-coming player, but again, that's also a winnable match. So what are the things that are basically holding Murray back? Obviously, the metal hip is an issue, right? He's 34 years old now versus when he was at his peak, you know, 28 years old, 29 years old beating a lot of really good players, right? Able to beat Federer, Djokovic, Nadal. He's beating the best of the best, some of the all-time greats, and he's collecting some slams of his own. I'd say the biggest thing that holds Murray back, at least at this point, or is holding him back, is his movement to his forehand side. So Sitsipas had that timed bathroom break that everybody seems to be talking about, right? It was a really hot topic recently. He had this really long extended bathroom break, came back, seemed to have a bit of a strategy change when he came back, and that seemed to greatly affect the outcome of the match. So what was that strategy change basically for Tsitsipas? It was to take his one-hand topspin backhand more frequently down the line to Murray's forehand. He got stuck, Tsitsipas, in this match, kind of going cross-court to cross-court with Murray and could not beat Murray in that matchup. I think Tsitsipas kind of wanted to prove to himself originally that he could break Murray's backhand down going cross-court backhand to backhand. But Murray was the one getting the best of those exchanges because his backhand, right, we've known for a long time, that's a really strong, reliable shot. 
Great consistency, great pace, great spin, can flatten out if he wants. And Tsitsipas just simply had the wrong strategy of trying to break down Murray's backhand, which is not something that you honestly want to try to do unless you have a phenomenal backhand. And as strong as Tsitsipas's backhand is, it's not good enough to break down Murray consistently. So he was losing that head-to-head battle. So what happened is after the bathroom break, you saw more backhands from Tsitsipas go down the line. It was effective for one simple reason. That's because Murray doesn't move as well to his forehand side as he used to. The explosive movement is not there the way that it used to be when he was in his prime, and it's simply because of that metal hip. There is no getting around that. So I don't know if Sitsipas was communicating with his father, coaching staff in that sense, and you know, told him to take that backhand down the line, but there was a clear tactical change that started to take that backhand down the line and exploit Murray's movement, and that is still an issue And I don't know if that's something that Andy Murray can ever get back, especially at the age of 34. Father Time is also going against him in terms of being a great mover like he was in the past. So as good as his ball striking is getting, and again, forehand looks awesome, backhand looks awesome, serve looks way better than ever did in the past. The MPH is there, so, you know, big serves, but also really well-placed and much more consistent than it ever was, even at his peak. But without that prime movement and that movement component being 100%, let's say it's at 85% compared to what it was when he was at his prime, that difference in movement is such a big deal and people don't understand that, especially for somebody like Murray who was more of a defensive player. Not having your movement at its absolute best is going to be critical, especially against players these days that are really cracking and rifling the ball. Murray, after losing to Hercotch at Cincinnati, was talking about how all the guys these days have such big serves, and that was not the case in the past when Murray was at the top of the game. Not everybody was a gigantic server, but it seems like now you've got guys that are six foot six that are not only big servers like a Hercotch, but Hercotch plays a little bit more of a defensive style after that serve because even at six foot six, he moves really well, and that was not the case when Murray was at his prime, Del Potro at six foot six was also a very big player with a big game, but he did not move as well as some of these big guys do now. I don't think he moved as well as Zverev does or somebody like a Hercotch. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges, right? Is you've got giants out there now compared to when Murray was, you know, number one in the world. And these guys not only serve big and hit the ball big off the ground, but they also can play good defense, and that was not really a normal component for guys of that height in the past. So Murray really has his work cut out for him. I think he can get a little bit better on his forehand. The backhand could be better, even though it's an amazing shot, and he can continue to serve better. The question really is, can he get back his level of movement that he had when he was at his best and number one in the world? And I'm not sure. I I really can't answer that question. I think it's a really interesting thing to even kind of talk about and discuss because his ball striking looks great. I think his mind is in a pretty good spot, but I do think it's tough for him also to know that he was an amazing mover before, but because of this hip surgery, right, he's probably never going to get back to that level of movement. And I'd love to be wrong because I'd love to see Andy do really, really well. I think it's a great presence just to have on the tour, the way he plays his name, his brand, everything about him. And he just plays a different style typically than everybody else does, right? He still plays a little bit more of that defensive style. And that's something we're not seeing as many guys do in this day and age. So I'd love to see, you know, peak Murray out there competing against these guys. 
But with that metal hip, it's a really, really tough challenge. I do hope that after the US Open ends here that he continues to play some other events, get some more matches in, see how his body feels because that'll be the true gauge of if he's going to be able to go back out there and compete at, you know, a top five or top 10 level. Again, almost beat Tsitsipas minus that one tactical change, which started to exploit Murray's movement. But if Tsitsipas doesn't make that adjustment, Murray definitely wins that match because if they keep going backhand to backhand, Murray keeps winning that battle. There's no way Tsitsipas beats him by staying in that backhand to backhand pattern. And Murray 100% mentally to me too. He knew that. He knew that if Sitsipas stayed there with him, that Murray was going to win that battle. So I think it'd be tremendous to get Andy Murray back at the top of the game. I hope that it happens, but it's going to be interesting to see if he can find a way to get that movement back, right? If you take movement away from any other player who's a great mover, let's say you take Djokovic and take 15% of his movement capability completely away from him, a lot of his defensive shots go away. A lot of his ability to counter in situations goes away. Timing, there's all sorts of things that change when your movement component decreases. Even if we look at somebody, you know, like a Roger Federer, right? Federer, tremendous mover, excellent player. Of course, lost some steps over the years as he got into his early to mid and late 30s. And now he's 40 years old. But taking away the movement component is such a big deal, especially now that everybody essentially is such a great ball striker. So it's pretty much a given that at the top levels of the game, everybody has the right technical components on their forehand, their backhand, and their serve. Technique is all somewhat similar in the way it actually functions and performs. The little things are the things that make the biggest difference out on the court. And again, those are going to be things like just your athleticism, your movement, smoothness, the shot choices that you make during a given point, what you decide to do with certain balls, the little things will make the biggest difference because parity is definitely coming to men's tennis. And I think it's pretty much already here. If we just kind of look at the way these draws have played out and the players that have gotten through to the third round so far, it's been pretty impressive. We see an Oscar Adi in the third round. We see Alcaraz in the third round, who's a younger player. Holger Rune gave Djokovic all he could handle, at least in the second set of their first round match. And he's an 18-year-old up-and-coming player. We see some other players as well, like Ilya Avashka, who's in the third round as well, who won Winston-Salem last week. The guy's 27 years old and is just starting to play the best tennis of his life. So the field has never, in my opinion, been deeper. And because it's deeper and everybody has a solid technical base, it's going to be the little things, the tiny things, those athletic advantages and choices and tactical advantages that make the biggest difference when everybody's pretty much even when it comes down to ball striking and technique. So really curious to see how much longer Andy continues this comeback, what his results are. Really loved what I saw at the US Open against Tsitsipas and also loved what I saw against Tiafo at Winston-Salem in the second round. He looked really strong there. There was some great match footage put up by somebody on YouTube. I can't remember their name right now, but it was kind of court level behind the baseline area footage and it was tremendous footage. And it really gave you an idea of the ball striking of that match and some highlights. And it was just really fun to watch. And it gave you a pretty good insider look at where Murray is with his game. And to me, it looks really good. Let's see if he can get that movement component back because if he does get that movement component back, I have no doubt in my mind with that movement back, he'll be able to compete with the best players in the game, top five players, top 10 players, basically anybody, if that movement gets back to 100%. 
All right, that wraps it up for this episode of the Tennis Unleashed podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this. I enjoyed talking about it and kind of thinking about what Andy Murray's potential for the future will be. If you want the best free tennis instruction in the world, check out tennisunleashed.net. Also visit our YouTube channel. We got a lot of videos that have gone up there recently with technique and tactics and all sorts of deep dives that you can't find anywhere else in the world. I'm Jason Frosto for tennisunleashed.net. I'll see you next time.